This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's good! It's good! It's good! It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. We'll take you to the places most fans never go. To practice to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, Hakeem drops the ball! Turn, picks a flow! And touchdown the hell is frozen over. of the 2022 season. It is going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. Oh, baby! Doink! Doink again. Welcome in to Inside Black and Gold. This was a rough game, and so let's let's talk about it. I'm Jeff Nowak. I'm your host, WWL Digital Sports Producer. I'd like to thank our new sponsor, Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason, and they are bringing you this podcast. Lamarck Ford, thanks so much for being a sponsor. And yeah, so let's get into it. I mean, 28-25, Vikings over the Saints in London. And that only tells part of the story. It's it was way, way more painful than that. If you watched the game, or if you were if you were there, if you took that trip overseas to get there, uh, we're going to get into a lot of that. We're going to go through some studs and duds here in the first segment, and then we're going to get into you know a, a viewer mailbag in the back half of the program. And this will go basically as long as it takes for me to answer all of your all of your burning questions. I have a feeling we're going to end up talking about Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston. Stunner, but okay. Let's let's dive right into what happened in this game, which was the Saints got out to another just painfully slow start on offense. They at least scored in the first half of this game, but it took a while to get there, and they got a touchdown. And it was in the second quarter. It was the first points you had in the second quarter of a game this season, but it was still painful. You had you had errors and errors and errors, and I think there was ten penalties for 102 penalty yards. That's effectively a touchdown that you have surrendered. And, you know, if you want to look at the Justin Jefferson kind of end around touchdown on the penalties, 
that's a problem. That's a problem. And you've got to fix it, right? You've got to find a way because this is ugly. And, you know, Dennis Allen will tell you he thinks this team is close. And while he might be right, he, he might be right. It's still like you, you can say that as many times as you want until you go out and show it. I don't really care how close the team is to winning. You got to go out and win a goddamn game. And it's just it's just ugly. And this is what this is what D.A. had to say when he was asked, you know, how close he thinks this team is to, really, you know, kind of turning the tide, if you will. I really do. Um, uh, you know, look, there was a lot of really good things. Um, I told the team in there, there's, 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 you know, there, there were some good things that we did um, today, but it's hard to overcome, you know, some of those costly turnovers, you know, and I, I think, you know, the, the, the fake, the fake punt and the, and the two turnovers, I think led to nine points. Um, so, and in a game like that, those, those things are costly. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. And that, so the fake punt really pissed me off because, the fake punt only happened because you got a stupid penalty on the on the kickoff, right? You just gone in for a score. Your defense is coming on the field ready to force a three and out, and they do. But because that drive is happening about the 40-yard line, you are in prime fake punt range. If you just go down and make a tackle, heck, if you just kick it out of bounds, there's no way they run a fake punt from their own 25-yard line. So that penalty directly led to points because it put them in a field position where they felt comfortable, where, you know, they probably felt encouraged to go for a fake punt, right? That is the prime field position to do it. And it worked. And they, what, they continued down the field. I think they ended up with a field goal because they didn't score a touchdown until that Justin Jefferson end around, at least. So they scored a touchdown on that first possession. They didn't score another one until that Justin Jefferson end around in the second half. And, you know, it's just one example of the many errors that cost you points in a game and for the fourth game in a row, the biggest story of the game for the Saints was that they were standing directly in their own path, that their sights were squarely placed on their own feet. Their toes are not even there anymore. They've shot themselves in the feet so many times. And I don't even know, like, how many times, is your, if you're a coach and you stand up there and you're like, okay, we need to have a turnover emphasis. We need to make this an emphasis in practice. It's not already? You know, like... How how have you gone through four weeks and watched this and and not made wholesale changes in terms of how you're doing things? I don't get it, but it's ugly and they it needs to be fixed. And so, with that in mind, let's go through kind of the duds from this game. And I think there are a few of them that are worth mentioning. The first kind of goes into these turnover issues, one of which was on special teams that cannot happen. Special teams has perennially been a strength for the Saints, and it has not been this season by any stretch. And, you know, I'm just going to say it, Deontay Hardy, he looks disinterested. I don't know, you know, whether it's because of the contract, because he's on that that tender, because he wants a deal, or because he's disappointed in his role in the offense, which seems non-existent outside of being a returner. The only time I saw him today was was when he when he fumbled that kickoff, which it was a bad decision to try to get more yards we asked DA whether it was kind of a bad decision to field at all, and he he wouldn't go into it after the game. But I would wager that you know he probably would say, yeah, you probably shouldn't have done anything. You probably should have fair caught it. And you know if your if your only impact on the game is to catch a punt, catch kickoffs, and you're fumbling them, 
yeah, that's a good way to get on the dud list. I mean, he has done nothing to contribute this season. I don't know why that is. I don't know why he's not part of the offense, but it could be an attitude thing. And he just looks disinterested to me. He doesn't look like a guy who wants to be out there. Uh, and so that's going to be something that you have to watch because it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. The second dud that I have picked is on the defensive side of the ball. And it's really not fair, but it's Marshawn Lattimore. And the reason I'm picking Marshawn Lattimore, it's not because he played egregiously bad. It's that he is a superstar cornerback. And I don't think he played like one today, at least not to the, in the sense that he, he won his matchup because I don't think he did. I think he was competitive with Justin Jefferson. He was shadowing Justin Jefferson for a lot of the day. And, you know, he won some of those one-on-ones. He lost some of them, but at the end, when it came down to it, when the Saints needed him to stand up in one-on-one coverage and win, he got burned downfield for a 46-yard catch or whatever it was that set up that final field goal by the Vikings right after the Saints came down and tied it on a 60-yard field goal of their own, right? And that's your star player. You trust him in that moment. There's a reason you're leaving him on an island against Justin Jefferson, and he got burned, right? And so that puts you on my deadline, right? You did not, you did not play up to your expectations. And Justin Jefferson is, Jefferson is very good, right? Justin Jefferson is a, is a legit star wide receiver in the NFL. If you are a legit star cornerback, you see a line of 10 catches on 13 targets for 147 yards. Uh, if you think you had a good game, then, then you're not a star cornerback because that should eat you up. Right. And that matchup was fun to watch. I think that the saints, have a lot of faith in Marshawn Lattimore. And, you know, in reality, you probably needed to roll a little help to his side of the field, knowing that Adam Thielen was a little banged up and he wasn't going to impact the game the way you thought he was going in. And, you know, if it's like if you can if you can't put Paulson Adebo on KJ Osborne and, and feel good about it, then you know, what are we doing here? Um, but yeah, so he's on my duds list. I don't think it's an issue with Marshawn. I don't think he's lost a step. I just think this is a tough matchup for him. I think he matches up better with the more physical wide receivers. You know, the the more kind of, I don't know what the word is for it. Not It's not athletic because Marshawn doesn't have an issue with like athletic wide receivers. It's more of kind of the subtle wide receivers, the, the, the really good route runners who aren't relying on physicality to get open. Right. I think he struggles more with that than he does with Mike Evans, who he knows he can just bully and take out of his game because he's just mentally soft. Right. And I don't think that's the case with Justin. Justin is beating you on cuts. Justin is beating you by setting you up. He's not trying to push off. He's trying to he's trying to set you up somewhere and go the other direction. And he did that on back to back plays. I think it was in the third quarter. Um, I want to say they both went for first downs. He did that in the end zone on a ball that, you know, if it's delivered where it needs to be, it's a touchdown and it probably changes the game uh, and, and really kind of hurts the Saints' chances. But Kirk Cousins delivered it behind him and he wasn't able to haul it in. He could call it a drop. But, you know, Marshawn did not win that matchup. And if if your star cornerback, you know, is not winning his one-on-one matchups and you rely on that as the Saints, that lets you down. So that's why I'm putting Mar- Marshawn Lattimore on my duds list. The other honorable mentions there, obviously the refs, because they were terrible. You know, I take that back. I don't think they were any worse than the other referee crews you've seen. I think that the refs in the NFL are just bad at their jobs. And you see them make just mistakes that impact games. 
and there's just no way around it. It's like you just are are bad at your job and you can't identify what a foul is versus what a foul is not. A lot of people were calling for pass interference on Cameron Dantzler there at the end of the game with Chris Olave. That's just good coverage to me. Like you're saying, oh, you can see his hand on his arm. That's what happens throughout the course of an NFL game. If you if you watch the NFL in, in slow motion, there's a penalty on every play. You don't want a penalty on every play. You want them to be able to play. But the issue is you already called it on Marshawn Lattimore with this kind of incidental contact with both players fighting. And now you're not calling it the other way. And that's where you run into like, okay, you just made a mistake and you never, you did just, just move it on. And that doesn't work. You know, then there was also the phantom hands to the face call on Tyron Matthew. They did not have a great game. Still, it was not the worst refereed game that I've seen, you know, so that's saying something. Um, but yeah, so moving on, uh, Mark Ingram, he laid a dud today. Let's see. I don't know what his numbers were, but 10 carries for 30 yards, a long of eight yards. You know, I actually think he has run the ball pretty well. I think he was dealing with an injury today. So, you know, you kind of take it for what it is. He's 32 years old. I think he's been effective. He didn't fumble. (laughs) No Saints running backs fumbled. So I guess that's something a Saints quarterback did. I'm not putting Andy Dalton on my duds list for the fumble, but it is keeping him off of my studs list (laughs) because that was a terrible fumble. And, you know, they just haven't gotten enough out of the running back position and not having Alva Kamara is part of that. But, you know, you're sitting at one and three. You don't have star players. There's This offense is, does not have stars on it, right? You look at it and you're saying, okay, Andy Dalton is the quarterback. You know, Chris Olave, who has been excellent, has, was the wide receiver one. You know, Jarvis Landry is a shadow of himself uh, in this game. He's the he's the wide receiver too. And it's like, okay, this is your offense, right? You're leading on Latavius Murray. You're leaning on Mark Ingram. This is not a, this is not a competitive NFL offense in the year of our Lord 2022. You look over at the other side and you're looking at Dalvin Cook, you're looking at Justin Jefferson, you're looking at Adam Thielen. It's like, these are playmakers. Where are yours? Um, and that's the frustrating part is these guys aren't healthy and you can't do it. Jarvis Landry is going to be my other pick for a dud. And it's, again, it's similar to Mark Ingram in the sense that you just didn't show up. And it's it's not necessarily your fault because you're dealing with an injury, but you got to have somebody show up in these matchups. And, you know... Beer Jarvis Landry, two catches for seven yards. He did have that two-point conversion where they just ignored him in the end zone. It's not going to get it done. You need more out of him. This box score is pretty bleak. You know, I, I think when you look at it, the offense kind of was more consistent today than it was in the past, the past three games at least. It still wasn't good. And so that's why, like, I, I know you're going to hear people kind of crowning Andy Dalton as, like, the savior of this offense. This was this is a bad Vikings defense, guys. <laughs> I need you to understand. It is not a good Vikings defense. They are their star defensive back is 32-year-old Patrick Peterson. He is at least three years beyond the point where he should be a, a, a CB1 in this NFL. So you should have been able to move the ball on this team. And you weren't able to for the first, you know. 30 minutes of this game. You know, you weren't able to consistently. And to me, that's a problem. Um, I thought Andy was good. I thought he was, so, he was he was solid to good throughout the game. That fumble was egregiously bad. And I, you know, he's not like really getting let off the hook for that one. I mean, you're a 35-year-old quarterback. You are not running for a first down there. Eat the ball, go down. Why are you spinning <laughs> in the backfield? There, if, if you are Andy Dalton and you are ever in a scenario where you're like, oh, I might have to spin to get out of this sack, just go down <laughs> and say, 
I'll see you on the next play because only bad things are going to happen. And that's what happened there. And, and again, it's just like, these are simple things that you are just, you're just not able to execute. You can't feel the punt. You can't uh, like if the defense is making a play, that's one thing you are putting yourself in a bad position. And that's what you did on both of those fumbles today. And that's what you've done on a lot of these turnovers. But okay. I'm going to stop being mad. I'm going to go to the, the, the studs that I think players that stood out in this game. First off, Latavius Murray, good for you. I'm happy for Latavius Murray. This guy was basically just sent out to pasture, right? The Saints were like, pick a pay cut. And he said no. And they were like, okay, see ya. <laughs> and, and he spent last year, you know, hanging out with the Ravens. He had a really solid season based on a guy who showed up midway through training camp and, and had to learn the offense. But, you know, it wasn't the season he was hoping for. And he he didn't have any offers this offseason, right? He was sitting on his couch thinking, you know, am I just going to have to retire because I don't have any any NFL options ahead of me? And the Saints called and said, hey, you want a spot on the practice squad? And so he came back. He knows this offense. He, he's going to have a chance. And I thought, you know, for a guy who just showed up today, he got elevated from the practice squad, team high 57 yards on 11 touches and a touchdown. And the touchdown was like vintage Latavius Murray. It's the type of run we haven't seen the last two years with just a big dude is just going to lean his way into the end zone. That's really nice to have. And I tweeted this. If he's not on the active roster next week, it's because someone messed up the paperwork because, you know, you've had Tony Jones healthy and inactive for two consecutive weeks. I, I will not understand what, if, if you leave Latavius Murray on the practice club, he has earned a roster spot. And he, Frankly, he was a way more effective runner than Mark Ingram in this game. Again, I don't know what if Mark Ingram was dealing with an injury. He left at one point, went back to the locker room. So I think he was dealing with something. But Latavius was the was the more effective runner. And I, I don't know why you would overthink it at this point. Um, I saw some people saying they should send Mark Ingram to the practice squad. I don't think that's true. Because I do think Mark Ingram has been solid in, in spurts this year. He ran for 60 yards on 10 carries against the Bucs. A uh, very stout run defense, but you now Latavius has been better. And if Latavius is playing better, then he should get the reps. And so hopefully he does. On defense, uh, my studs. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a duo here because I thought Cam Jordan and Marcus Davenport had really solid days today. You know, obviously they've been much maligned. You know, there's been questions about the the pass rush, the pressure. There was multiple times today where they just met at the quarterback, and that's good to see because. You talk about some of the positives you can pull out of this game, and the pass rush was there. You know, Kirk Cousins is obviously not a mobile guy, and it's a situation that, as a as a team that wants to get after the quarterback, this is the matchup you want, right? They, he was eating a little bit in the in the quick passing game early on when he tried to hold the ball. They were able to get pressure on, and they were able to impact the game. And frankly, it's what allowed the Saints to get back into this game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport. Um, two guys who, you know, they get they get a lot of ridicule, a lot of criticism when when things aren't going well. So you got to give them credit when they do. Yeah, Davenport had half a sack, two QB hits. Cam Jordan, he had half a sack. He had three QB hits. Contavious Street also, he had a sack. Two QB hits. Demario had a sack and one uh, quarterback hit and attack for a loss. You know, so the pressure was there. And that's a good sign going forward. 
there's a lot of things this team has to figure out. There's a lot of things this defense has to figure out. If you can get pressure, you know, I didn't see much of Peyton Turner today, but if you can get pressure on the quarterback, you can solve a lot of your problems. A couple honorable mentions on offense. Obviously, Chris Olave had another big day. He was the leading receiver. I think it was four catches, 67 yards and a touchdown, first touchdown in the NFL. You know, he he's he's going to have more success with Jameis Winston as the quarterback, right? That's just kind of the way he plays and, he is a deep threat and Andy Dalton is not a guy who's going to go downfield. So that's just, you know, the life he leads, but for him to have the type of day he had with Andy Dalton, I think that's impressive because it kind of shows his verse, the versatility and his skill set as a young player who, you know, has, has plenty of time to grow in the NFL. One more will Lutz. I know he missed that final kick. I understand that it didn't go in. When's the last time you asked a field goal kicker to try to go out and make Six two sixty yarders within ten minutes of each other. He nailed the first one. The second one missed by inches. I still don't understand how it didn't go in. Here's what here's what Will had to say about it. I thought they were both in. Um, I, I hit them both on the screws. I uh, played them right third, knowing the ball was going to move a little left, and the second one just moved a little more left. So I'm kind of shocked it didn't bounce in, but. It's frustrating. Even after he dropped from our point of view, from our position, it's hard to see if it actually went over or not. Did you have the same kind of thing there? Did you think it went over? Uh, I don't really know. I mean, it all happened so quick. Uh, I heard it hit the first doink, saw the second one, and then I saw them celebrate, so figured it didn't go in. I questioned the, you know, I, I feel like you could have been more aggressive in getting him a few yards. You had 11 seconds. That is enough time to run something quick and get up and spike it. Obviously, you're questioning it. I think if, if you, it's, it's almost tough because the reason you felt comfortable from 61 yards is because you just watched him hit from 60. But the odds against making back to back 60 yard field goals, although he said he practiced them from both directions, he felt confident in it. I understand it. If you can run a quick play in the in the field and get up and spike it, a 55-yarder goes in there, right? If that kick was from 60 yards, it goes in. Heck, he could run the ball. I don't know. It's frustrating because he feels like he let the team down. It's like, you know, a 61-yard field goal. That's not something you expect your kicker to make. And uh, it's just it's just too bad because uh, that was would have been one of the most exciting kicks you would ever see a game tying 61 yard field goal as time expired. And it, it missed by millimeters. And like, that's why, you know, the saints, they had chances in this game. The, what makes it hurt so much is just how close it was, but who's to say they would have won in overtime. That's really all you were playing for, but I'm still giving Will Lutz the stud card because the guy hit a 60 yard field goal in the clutch in this game. If the defense goes out there and holds up, then you don't you don't necessarily need him to kick a 61-yard field goal. The fact that you had to ask him to do it again means you let your kicker down, not the other way around. So I'm giving I'm giving Will Lutz a, a stud card there. And the final one, you know, it's more about just the fact that he uh, was involved at all. And it's Adam Troutman. You know, it's a guy who was targeted one time through three weeks. He had three catches today. 37 yards. One of them was a really nice screen down down in Vikings territory late in the game that kind of set up that go-ahead touchdown. I don't know why Jameis Winston does not throw to tight ends. I think he needs two more. Um, and I think this was just evidence of that. Like, you don't have to pepper your tight ends with targets, but you do have to 
be aware of them and use them. And then he hasn't. And so that's what, you know, if you want to pull some things out of today's game that are, that you really need to look at, if you're going back to Jameis Winston, it's, you need to involve your tight ends, right? This guy is running routes. He's available to you. We need to be better in the screen game and we need to be able to do that. But those are my, those are my picks. I'm, I think that's a solid list. And this team is in trouble. There's no other way to put it. Um, you needed this win. Not to save your season per se. You know, there's a long season. There's a lot of games left, right? You know, you could get on a run and win a few games and all of a sudden you're feeling good again. But there's a lot of negative negativity swirling around this team right now, just in terms of what what what's happening, right? It's a it's a first year head coach and nothing has worked. Absolutely nothing has worked the way the way you expected it to. And I don't know how you go about fixing that, but expecting the tide to turn, you know, it, I, I don't think that's how it's going to work. I think you're more likely to get in a riptide than you are to see the tide turn because this is something you have to do. You have to make changes and you have to start winning football games. The only positive thing for this team is they get to go home and face a objectively bad Seahawks team in week five. If you lose that game, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You know, that is that is a must win is always tough to say because it means that, OK, if they lose this game, then you're done. Right. You don't have any chance. But that's not true. That wasn't true this week. That's not true next week because crazy things can happen. You can go on a 10 game winning streak and all of a sudden it's, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying they will. But that's my point is that it's possible if you go out there and you lose next week to the Seattle Seahawks with the fighting Geno Smiths, <laughs> man, uh, the experiment is over in my opinion you're you're tearing this down you're starting from scratch but hopefully it doesn't get to that point and this is a team that can figure it out and i think it will but i you know i'm i'm usually a positive guy i am not positive right now there's not a lot of positivity coming from my direction and maybe maybe it's because i had to wake up and host a show at 4 a.m this morning but you know (laughs) i think it's merited all right again this is inside black and gold brought to you by the Lamarck Automotive Complex. There must be a reason. Stick around. I'm going to go to a break and I'm going to bring in a bunch of the mailbag questions. We're going to go through them shotgun style here on Inside Black and Gold. 